What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself, Yourself the, the Wire. Wire? The A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk about, about it. it. Thank you so much for joining us for another wonderful episode of the world's only The Wire podcast. The Wire, a show about the West Wing. Um, mm. you know, ex- But the yep. West Wing of Baltimore. West Baltimore. I think that's yes, the East the West, Wing, but you know. Okay. Yeah, there's also an East Wing that Prop Joe runs. But the West Wing... That's Marlowe's place. Um, anyways, today uh, we're going to be talking about from season four of The Wire, episode six, Margin of Error. And uh, we have a fantastic guest today. We have had on one of his co-hosts before, and today we're having him on from Western Kabuki. It is co-host Wack Nicholson. Woo! It's so yeah. exciting to be here. I could not be more thrilled to discuss this TV show that I honestly have a deep level of knowledge and expertise in. Yep, you love Hell it. Yeah. I, when when we were talking online, I said, "Hey, you ever seen The Wire?" And you were like, "I'd love to be on the podcast." And I was yeah, like, yeah, "Answer yeah. the question." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Whack, you um, you are someone who loves the TV show. The Sopranos, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I am lucky lucky for you, one of the guests you don't have to explain the current title of the show to. Uh, oh, because good. I listened to the other iteration of the show yes, where you yes. guys talked about The Sopranos. And, and what I found uh, so engaging about that is that you didn't really talk about The Sopranos uh, for most of the show. Uh, That's so right. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the draw for it. Yeah, you know, we've when you listen said, to a show about the Sopranos, you don't want to hear them talk about the Sopranos the whole time, right? Like yeah. that would be weird, or even it, really at all necessarily. Yeah, or at all no, sometimes. Want to talk about I, meat? So yeah, first of all, that's why you watch. It's like if you were to watch the show The Sopranos, what if they spent the whole show being like, 
this is a show about the Sopranos. And you'd be like, that's boring. No, Here I, I am them. doing mafia stuff. Here I, I so much love to do the mafia. Being Soprano. You this know? thing of ours. This is my daughter. She's singing soprano in the band. Oh, I see you where know? you're going with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it's like no one wants to listen to a podcast about a TV show, period. And so if for those who do, we like to offer uh, this show. I don't know what I'm saying. point is I'm so glad that you listened to that show. And I'm glad to have you on here because here's the thing. I don't think that everyone needs to have seen the TV show in order to hang out with a, a couple of bros and talk about stuff. Is that right? I, I Yeah, I certainly hope so, because I did watch season four, episode six, in anticipation for this. And yeah. I got to say, I didn't feel very invested in pretty much anything that was happening, because <laughs> I didn't know who any of those people were. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So that did affect my enjoyment, I would say. Oh, uh, yeah. So I usually find that, you know, going, you know, headfirst into the middle of a show... Um, I also can be confused, but, um, but you know, that doesn't matter. Let me ask you some questions. Having never seen the wire and only seen this episode, who's your favorite character on the wire? Gotta be the guy from game of Thrones. Um, gotta be the mayor guy or not the mayor. Uh, I did. I had to, uh, I, I lost track of time uploading a YouTube video. So I was skipping around this episode. Did he win the election in this or do we find yeah, out? Yeah, no, at the end of the episode, he wins he the election. Win. All right, that's nice. Okay. So so just yeah, to be clear, yeah. you actually, you you haven't quite seen even this episode of The I would Wire, agree with that, yeah. Okay. I would agree with okay. that. Uh, it, it didn't feel wow, like harsh interrogator, to... Matt Lee. <laughs> you can really like, like interrogate as good as Marsha Donnelly. It's like incredible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I'm... I'm just a good interviewer, is the thing. Yeah, and this yeah. is mostly an interview podcast. Wack, can you tell me, um, have you ever seen Deadwood? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. I um, haven't, although my... Uh, he's on this uh, again. Uh, Caleb, Caleb is a big fan of Deadwood. Um, mm. And he has quoted it extensively on our show. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know when he's doing it. Uh, have you ever seen not... Band of Brothers? No, I haven't. What have you seen, bro? What you, like, what? What do you watch? I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen The Sopranos, Ma- uh, Mad Men, and Breaking Bad. I've seen those ones, but as those far are great as the, shows, the ones that people uh, make it. Well, I have been watching The Bear. I think that's quite good. I will say, mm. before The Bear, I had most recently watched uh, Muppets Mayhem, the new Muppets show on Disney mm. Plus with Lily Singh, uh, oh. and I think it's fantastic. I loved it okay. a lot. Uh, did cry at the True Colors cover when the Muppets all sang True Colors together. Uh, it was yeah, I, it's a beautiful show. It's uh, deeply affecting. I have a toddler, so I'm gonna I'm really gonna actually use that information. That's it's good very go. good. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's like um a Muppets TV show mm-hmm. that has is Lily Singh a regular part of it? Lily Singh's the star basically. Mm. Um, and it's about the electric mayhem. So like Kermit and Miss Piggy and stuff aren't in it. It's like just the band. Uh, oh, is it? Is that that's the band that has the like hippie lady and the, yeah, yeah, Janice and Animal and on Dr. Drums, Teeth and Animal on Drums. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's a show about a band. Yeah, it's like a a rock documentary about uh, a fake puppet band, yeah. and mm. they have like all sorts of uh, like. 
famous singers and stuff on. Do they have the thing? Does like at any point does uh, animal pull a Pete Moon and just uh, release like just like inject both arms with heroin <laughs> uh, by releasing two tourniquets at the same time and then he starts playing drums? You're asking about the Muppet Show? Uh, yes. No, that doesn't happen in the Muppet Show. I'm sorry That's weird. Say. Did he I do that like with that the tourniquets? Yeah. I, I. You know, here's the thing. I heard about that years ago, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like, well, the tourniquet is not going to stop He's the also a very energetic drugs. drummer. I don't feel like Pete it does feel like a drummer that sounds like he's doing heroin. Yeah, it does. It does feel like a, not a not a drummer drug. Yeah, no. um, at least not during a performance. No. But at the same time, you know, you can pretty much do anything on heroin if you try hard enough. Mm-hmm. But this is not a show about where no, and it's when not. to do the- heroin. Well, kind of. No, this is a show <laughs> about right. wires, and we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing. The theme song. Pot. 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 Podcast. Podcast. School children. Season four. Oh, I'm so glad you guys do that live. That's so. That was so gratifying. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Every single time we do a new yeah, version. play all the instruments. It's really it's mm-hmm. hard to do. But <laughs> yeah, we got we, all these. School we owe it to our ready. fans, is what we say. Yeah, you know, I, we like to. Um, we don't like to like half-ass anything on no. this podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. clearly, There's a lot clearly. of work goes into it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, everyone else. Once again, we're going to be talking about from season four of The Wire, episode six, Margin of Error. And uh, of course, this episode came out October 15th, 2006. Wonderful time in America. Uh, Vince, what was, uh, break us off a little piece of that synopsis. Yeah, I, I, I will get, I'll break you off a piece of the synopsis that I read on imdb.com this episode of the wire is about how women are always lying about rape and cops only pistol whip kids because they care about them too much that's so true just kidding i mean it is about that but also about the barksdales cutting off webay bunny colvin starting his pilot program marlo screwing with the detail and carchetti taking his first steps to becoming the white obama yeah yeah that is what is happening in the episode but what was happening in america vince that's, in our country, mm-hmm. when this episode was happening, that is right, Matt. Mm. Uh, as we like to say, we cannot uh, discuss art divorced from its cultural context. We have to put mm. some of that cultural context back in, and we do that with a little something that we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day machine tells the tale, son. That's yeah. right. And today we're going all the way back to October 15th, 2006. Mm. Trying to put some of that cultural context back in. Uh, a few sure. of the things that were happening at the time. Uh, the Detroit Tigers, they swept the A's to go to the World Series against the Cardinals. Oh, Their that's first World Series since 1984. Uh, wow. Pretty sure they lost that series, but... Oh, yep. Um, but, you know, good for De- good, good for Detroit. The sports teams always always have they have they have some hard luck over there. Yeah. 
Um, other uh, news stories that I have. Uh, this one, I think I just liked it because of uh, the lead. Uh, mm. Headline, Media Mania. Ex- inexpensive stocks to spur M&A surge. Uh, this oh, is right. an article about uh, people. I don't know any of those things. Well, it's actually it's kind of <laughs> relevant because it's about private equity buying up uh, media stocks. Which oh, M and A mergers and acquisitions. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. The, I know yeah, a thing or yeah, two. I'm yeah. an adult. Private equity buying up media companies couldn't. Nothing could go wrong there. I, I don't imagine that's going to go <laughs> super well. I can't imagine that would hurt me in any way personally at all. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. They've only ever had your best interests at heart. That's it's, right. That is why you are still should... currently employed. <laughs> I think they should. Uh, they should have also bought up like big box retailers, mm-hmm. uh, boutique mm-hmm. websites, um, people's yeah. houses. They should just buy up all that yeah. stuff and and uh, do and run it like three, a business. <laughs> and then yeah. step three is is just run them efficiently into yeah. eternity. That's what it they would do. be. Really, they like fun. to continue running businesses is what people always I say. Would... <laughs> I would love equity. to be a guy who works in private equity and just acquire a bunch of like corner lemonade stands set up by children, <laughs> fire the children, uh, water down the lemonade, uh, and then, you know, like, but get a really and nice point at the lemonade sign. and say, this lemonade now owes $100 million. <laughs> I don't, but the lemonade does. Yeah, and then get like a weird tax rebate somehow. Yeah, Uh, and then move on. I just, I think I, like I said, I think I just like the lead. Media Mm -hmm. deal making is coming back in a big way. Google's one point six five billion dollar purchase of YouTube and the Dolan family's nineteen point two billion dollar offer to take Cablevision private are just the latest examples of a media M&A environment that has grown as hot as MySpace's Tila Tequila. Yeah, let's get relevant. Let's mm-hmm. talk about MySpace's <laughs> now, Tila Tequila. And now they're all Nazis. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I love it. What an example. Well, that's a perfect example. You know Tila Tequila, someone who will always age well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't look into it. Yeah. Uh, she was like the first Kanye. I remember she was the first person who I was like, you know, oh, there's some um, severe mental illness going on because <laughs> this is uh, yeah, this is anti-Semitism born from nothing. Not like it's not like Mel Gibson's anti-Semitism, no, which you could tell was deeply dad, ingrained yeah. from his father and childhood. Like it was the kind of anti-Semitism you only get when like you have a series of mini strokes. <laughs> yeah. you know she's uh she has not gotten well i'm afraid to report I, if you check in with her every once in a while she's yeah. still uh she's still on that flat earther jewish space laser uh tip but enough about her um we got other news of 2006 to report okay such as adjustable rate mortgages hold a surprise for some Oh, sure what is a, that surprise? Yeah, this is, is this it will go when well they too. adjust it. Mm-hmm. Homeowners lured to so-called option ARMs during the big housing run-up by promises of extra low monthly payments or one percent interest could soon face an ugly reality: mortgage payments that could more than double. This surprise could kick in early next year for those who took out these loans three years ago. Experts predict. Uh, and that's not the worst of it. Borrowers who put little money down took out option adjustable rate mortgages and who live in areas where housing pri- housing prices have barely risen or even fallen can owe more than their ho- can owe more on their house than it's worth. 
Dang. I hope that, that doesn't, doesn't sound. That sounds like that could uh, have a bad ending. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Also, this is like this is like the exact news story that caused all the guys in the big short to like get on the phone and be like, "Right, this ain't yeah. working out. This ain't working out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did so, he say? <laughs> no, come on, bro. Sorry, I was about to watch this episode of The Wire yeah. when I read this story about these <laughs> adjustable rate mortgages holding some big surprises. Yeah. I don't know whose voice I'm doing in that. I will not inherit a house because of that story. So uh, that's cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. That well, that's a cool thing you know, that happened. Hey, listen, wh- what do you need a house for? Vince? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. No one, you know, I just, I rent. Yeah, so I does hope my, my dad landlord now. never comes into this room. <laughs> if my landlord comes into this room, she's going to be so mad. Yeah, why? Because yeah, all the I, stuff. I, well, on the I've wall? soundproofed the the windows. Mm-hmm. Like right in front of me is a bunch uh-huh. of windows. Go on, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, let's talk yeah, about. Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. And, let's get into in it. In order to soundproof, so I created my own soundproofing whack. Uh, and uh, what I did was I took mm. some uh, some canvas paintings from Michaels and I wrapped them uh, in uh, uh, vinyl shower curtains and I mm-hmm. nailed them uh, to the window frame. And I feel That's like a my cool story. You have shower curtains nailed to your window. Well, uh, they're wrapped. It, I have a, a picked like canvases. And, so can you and see shower... the canvas? Can you see the canvas through the shower? No, 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 no. The shower curtains are are you know you can't see through them. They're gray. Sorry, Vince. Were uh-huh. you uh, are you anxious to talk about your next story? <laughs> I, whatever you it? want. It's your show. We're just here. My show. Hoping that you talk about. I the don't thing even want to be here. No, I'm just kidding. Go on. Uh, all right. I have two options for the last story. Uh, okay. One, we got Tories accuse Muslims of quote creating apartheid by shutting themselves off. That's my favorite type of apartheid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 what what's, what could possibly be better than that? Uh, well, the other option is Girls Gone Mild, dumbing Ooh. down the sassiest family on television. Oh, okay. I, you know what? I think I, I do want to hear about the television story because television is technically what this podcast is about. But is I about, also is it about Desperate Housewives? That's my no. I so I so um, you guys are going with the TV one? Is that final answer? Uh, yeah, I think so. Let's okay. go with yeah. the TV one. Uh, that's easy. Uh, where you lead, I will follow. So goes the theme song of the TV show. Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. Good job, Matt. Uh, but yeah. this season, those words are ringing a little hollow. With the departure of the series creator, Amy Sherman Palladino, and her co-writer and producer husband, Daniel, over a contract dispute, some are saying the most gorgeous, hyperverbal mother-daughter team in television has lost its spark. Oh, shit. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Those uh, girls have gone mild. Uh, <laughs> it was a show for intelligent people to enjoy, says writer Tracy Kaufman, whose blog, The Three-Toed Sloth, recently bemoaned the downturn in quality. Uh-huh. The whole yeah. reason I got into the show was because it was brilliant Because writing. I'm smart! <laughs> <laughs> and hysterically funny, she says. And the dialogue is pathetic now. It's like running on fumes. Oh, boy. Fuming is what you'll find on the Gilmore message boards <laughs> at Television Without Pity, a snarky site devoted to recapping shows in minute detail. Oh God! Who would want to hear shows recapped in minute detail? Yeah, that's that's a, that's another industry going nowhere. Yeah, seriously. Oh, that sucks. First of all, I did not actually know that this was an Amy Sherman Palladino show. That's uh, marvelous, Mrs. Maisel lady, right? Is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can uh, tell by how fast they check. talk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and also, I uh, like more the words idea better. Of- I when I write script. 
when I write script, more words better. I have one I main idea. I say, I say more words better. People yeah. like characters say word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Characters say fast words a lot. <laughs> and then people are like, I'm smart. I, I, I do think that it's funny that I didn't know, because I don't know much about G Gilmore Girls. I've seen a few episodes, but... Uh, I didn't know that there's a fan base of people out there who are like, I, well, I watch it because it's a show for intelligent people. Oh, like that's yeah. The, th that is I think the first I've biggest, heard of that. That's, I think that's one of their biggest, uh, their core audience, or the people who brag about how smart you have to be to understand Gilmore Girls. <laughs> that is wild. It makes me want to watch all of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, you know, uh, October 15th, 2006, that was my two-week anniversary with my first girlfriend, and she <sighs> did try to gaslight me that they do not talk fast in Gilmore Girls. Uh, she, throughout our entire relationship, I was like, they talk, I can't watch that show. They talk way too fast. It's impossible to like enjoy it. And she's like, they don't talk that fast. They are not talking that fast. They're talking you're normal. Like, no, you, you're having a stroke. That's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, they, 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 they talk pretty fast, but this was at an era of television where I feel like uh, talking fast was kind of, it was like young people talking fast was huge. Dawson's Creek, you know, yeah, I, I this mean. This is the this rise might... of the Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin. He's Aaron the Sorkin ultimate fast-talking guy. Exactly. I mean, his like, whole career is based on people talk fast, must be smart. Right, exactly, exactly. Yes. The faster you talk, which makes you think he must think Ben Shapiro's a fucking genius. You think he does? Could I think be. he does. Could be. Because that's all Ben Shapiro has is like an Aaron Sorkin-esque like motor mouth, but he's not saying nothing. Oh, except uh, for the fact Shapiro that has talk. repeatedly praised the artistry of Aaron Sorkin. Uh, so I'm sure that's yeah. a, a vote of confidence he really needed. Yes. He's clearly was uh, influenced by him. Yeah. Well, Great. that I feel like we're caught up. I feel like we're all contextualized and we're ready to talk about The Wire. Okay, um, speaking of fucking uh, Aaron Sorkin shows, uh, this week's Balmer B story uh, is based loosely, um, and I say loosely, I mean it, uh, on the uh, theme to the West Wing. So here is hmm. the Balmer B story this week. The Wire 406 <laughs> Baltimore Suck my dick, Royce and Tony, Terry, goddamn titties, <laughs> but Carcady wants to not get his dick wet right now. The wire, All right, so that is mm -hmm. this week's Balmer B story. Um, it is, it's got an accompanying music video, uh, of course, that you can uh, watch if you go to the YouTube channels and, you know, fucking subscribe to that. Um, but yeah, that uh, this is a uh, an episode that I feel like um, the, when people who are in politics say that their favorite show is The Wire, I'm positive they're talking about the Carcetti arc of him figuring out a way to become the white mayor of a majority black city 
by um, splitting the black vote because he knows that uh, he knows he's better for them. Like he knows that he knows he yes, knows them he better knows than they know themselves. Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Like first and foremost, <laughs> yeah. he, he is very very forgiving of like just a lot like. That really racist guy walking up to him and oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and to talk about yeah, the moolies as he yeah, says yeah that was nuts um and he's yeah. just like yeah I mean white Obama is is very much the feeling I got but not as a compliment like he was like, no oh that no, was hundred no, percent no, no, it's not a compliment <laughs> yeah. yeah totally yeah. fine like this this parentalizing of the people he's running for mm-hmm. as if he's oh, yeah. like yes. their leech yes. lord. Yes, he is uh, doing um, empathetic democratic uh, paternalism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like he is very much like, I know that I'm a good person, uh, and I know that if you guys just all gave me power, uh, I could actually I could be change... an even better person. I could be an even better person. Mm-hmm. I could change things in the city, and in order to accomplish that. I'm going to prey on the fact that um, black people will vote for uh, for any black person on the ballot, and I will split the black vote and uh, win through chicanery, which um, I think is, and I've said this before, I think it's the reason that uh, people like Barack Obama say they love the show. Not because they're like, we've got to end the war on drugs, which is what the show is about, but more because it's like, oh, that was, you know, I enjoyed the way he was all sneaky about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's it. Oh, I was talking to Wack. Not you. I don't uh, care yeah. what you no, have no, to no, say. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I was going to say that, like, you know, David Simon. I think he gave us hints to, as to who Carcetti was uh, yeah. in the very beginning, but then in this episode, he like he really doesn't tip his hand at all, and he makes you love, he makes you love this guy a little bit, and makes you root for him, even though you know deep down that this guy's a piece of shit, and it's all for show. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it is that you have to believe in this demagogue for him to work. And I think it's funny, like I quoted. Alan Sepinwall's review uh, from like the time that he wrote this. Mm-hmm. And I think he bought into it so much that, I mean, this is probably written before he saw the entire arc of the series, but it's also written pre Obama. So this is kind of, I feel like it's a nice uh, time capsule of what, uh, you know, like the, like the, the conventional wisdom would have been at the time. Uh, yeah. Sepinwall, because of this show's cynical worldview, not to mention Tommy's philandering and narcissism, it would be easy to peg his campaign as one massive ego trip. Maybe that's what it was in the beginning, but he definitely cares now about trying to fix the city, and his victory over Royce was a rare wire instance of the good guy coming out on top. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think I, I, I don't think David Simon thought that, but I think he wanted to... I think he wanted us to believe that in the moment. I, yeah. M- my thoughts on this have always been that um, David Simon, what he was doing with this character and this whole, like... Uh, this arc was it it is cynical i mean it is clearly i think is you know because of where it goes but i also think what he was did and what he did successfully was convince the audience who's watching the show um to kind of give this guy a chance like well what if he actually is good you know what if he actually does you know uh fucking bring the jobs back or you gotta feel a little bit 
a little bit naive when you're writing down yeah maybe he started out as a self-interested piece <laughs> yeah. of shit but now that yes. he's got money and power he's gonna be a good guy <laughs> you, yeah. you've gotta really sit down and think about what you're saying i mean i think he put us totally yeah he put us in carchetti's shoes when carchetti's like hearing this promise from clay davis and he's mm-hmm. like yeah it's probably bullshit but uh you know i, I gotta I got to give him this money and see how it plays out because the thing he's promising is something that I want so much that right. uh, I, that know, I can't. If it'll help me win this election, then he'll he'll do it. And I think, you know, at the time that this episode came out, it, it, it is very much like a product of its time. And, and I think Seppenwall's review is perfect because it did feel like David Simon was saying, not that the good guy won, but that maybe someone who could be good yeah one like they, they, they do it with a couple of moments in this episode one is when um carchetti gets the call that he's won and he uh has this look on his face of like am i am i happy about this um which is i think if he's like you know celebrating in the harbor maybe it, it, you have a little bit less uh, empathy for him but there's something about him like taking this role very seriously in that moment where you're like oh maybe he good and then <laughs> yeah. at the end of the episode with uh with terry his uh campaign manager who he, who, he, who he has been boning um at least <laughs> you know once or twice up until this point um i think it's he, very unsubtle to, to have that character's entire name start with dago yeah, that's true. Terry D'Agostino. <laughs> D'Agostino. Come on, man. That yeah, 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 yeah. Well, her original name was Terry uh, Greasy Wop D'Agostino, uh, but they decided that was too on the nose. But I, I do have that ending um, in which um, Terry is trying to get one more fuck out of Carchetti, and Carchetti, um, you know, uses all of his strength to to not give in. Here it is. You know, when I took this job, you promised me a win bonus. Well, you earned it. I can't do this. Not now. Oh, come on, Tommy. You haven't changed. It's not that I don't want to. Oh. You're feeling a bit mayoral, right? This could be your last chance for a while. Mm-hmm. You sure? Maybe you have learned something. <laughs> Write me a check. You really yeah. let that go on for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, you know, I just just, uh, wanted... just just in case any prospective employers are listening, uh, that was edited by Matt. I had no uh, editorial right. input into that. You know, here's the thing. I assume those prospective employers um, are just listening to the audio version like most people do, and mm-hmm. they don't know that I was also in the clip zooming in <laughs> to Terry's titties the whole time. Um, yeah, no, he in that. You know, he is like he's just won this primary and has decided he's not going to fucking, you know, use this moment where they're both drunk 
His wife's at home. No one's around. And he's not going to use it to, uh, you know, to cheat on his wife, to do something um, uh, unmayorly. Unmayorly? I don't know what the word is. But, but still, that is that is a, uh, that a, low is a minimum ask, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do not fuck your own employee on yes. the day you win an election. <laughs> Hey, all right. Listen, he's I mean, flesh and blood. I think. I mean, he I think, ain't no angel. He ain't no angel. I also think like the important thing to remember here is is like this is the most pure he's ever going to be because he just won power and he has yet to come to any point. At, uh, like he has yet to uh, come to the point where he would have to uh, make a moral trade off in order to maintain that power. Like this is right. the most. This is the most pure he's ever going to be because he just won. Uh, his entire future is all potential. Like all he has to do, if he can't see himself as the good guy in this moment, like he's never going to. And the bad stuff's going to happen when he comes to that place where he gets to choose, you know, whether he he's going to do the right thing and it's going to cost him or he's right. going to make some uh, concessions to right. keeping what, his power. Right. I mean, he's at, the perfect moment where it's nothing but potential you know the you know the mayor elect although at, at this point a detail i love is that um he's not actually the the mayor elect he just won the democratic primary and they're just laughing about how well that basically means he's going to be mayor because <laughs> there's no way a republican can win and you just got to love that kind of like local machine politics mm -hmm. you know where it's uh it's basically a foregone conclusion that yeah. no other candidate can win because of, that's yeah yeah I mean that's the way we just had our primary for mayor in uh, Philly and and the woman who won the Democratic primary is pretty much uh, yeah, assumed she she's going to win right um, but yeah the the guy who's running against her David O is a Republican he's Chinese and basically only ever gets the Chinatown votes because. He says that he's going to do stuff to like protect Chinatown because they've done a bunch of building through there, like mm. built a highway and stuff through the neighborhood and things. Uh, so his like only promises as a Republican are like something about crime and yeah, yeah. Uh, protect Chinatown. So those that's where he gets his votes. Is I would yeah. also love yeah. to see the stats on the turnout in like the mayoral election of a or the mayoral primary of a mid-sized yes. city because it's got to be there's no way it's over 30 percent right like you're winning it can't be you're winning can't be. based no, on I think so <laughs> like the total turnout's going to be sub 30 percent you're getting you know 30 percent of that 30%, which I don't know, I'm not good at math, but, uh, you know, yeah, who even knows what that you're getting is. like 8% of the total population that voted for you or something like that. Right. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, a mandate. Uh, and the, yeah, that's why, you know, local elections are always, um, the most depressing is, especially during like campaigning because, uh, the only people who they're trying to reach out to are homeowners, <laughs> and uh, you realize that you are you are not really a uh, a factor if you are anything other than than a homeowner or a middle class to upper middle class like uh, you know businessman. Not in Baltimore, Matt. This is a city of renters. Didn't you watch the episode? That's true. That is true. There is. I mean, this is of course does not apply to every city. I am specifically talking about Los Angeles mm -hmm. and watching. You know, two mayoral mayoral candidates, uh, you know, for the Democratic uh, primary, 
uh, go after each other on um, who's who's best at stop crime mm-hmm. and who's best at protect your house. <laughs> and and I'm just like, oh, this is this is awful. This is incredibly incredibly depressing because yeah, of, I will uh, say in. In Philly, uh, there's a lot fewer millionaires. Uh, same with Baltimore. There's a lot fewer millionaires here than there are in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, listen. <laughs> the, I wish there was one more, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what has two thumbs and wishes he was a Los Angeles' next millionaire? Yeah. <laughs> Me! That, yeah. My thumbs! <laughs> uh, yeah, so... It is, uh, yeah, it is interesting, the, the general machine politics going on. I mean, the, the show opens, the cold open is, it's the Sunday before uh, Election Day. And at the pulpit, you see uh, one of the ministers who I guess uh, either Odell Watkins, the, the wheelchair guy, um, or maybe Carcetti himself convinced to uh, back him, or at the very least, like, uh, like hint at Carcetti being the guy you should vote for. Like using the pulpit in order to bring out the vote for a specific candidate who has made some sort of promises to you, like on its face feels evil. Well, it should be illegal. Like it is illegal. Is it? Is it illegal? Yeah, to- they're tax exempt organizations. They mm. are explicitly. Uh, barred from doing politics even though all yeah that's why he politics. was a little sneaky about it but yeah that's it's explicitly illegal for churches to i mean did, yeah. political... was, I, I didn't get i didn't get that he was uh advocating for carcetti in that moment uh, he had all it, three people all three dudes in his church in his pews that day, no right? no no uh, tony gray was at uh i think tony gray was at a, a catholic church okay um and uh it looked like royce was at some other church uh and I get, I have the clip of the cold open, so there's just a few moments in there where I thought it was clear that he was at the very least, um, you know, implying uh, advocacy for her, for Carcetti. Also, I got to say, watching uh, Carcetti um, in a black church clapping... <laughs> Um, it's just like one of those things where th- maybe they casted him perfectly, but he he looks he's so perfectly being a ill at ease white person who is putting on his best. I'm natural here. Yeah. face. You know what I mean? Like, it's I very belong. funny. It's very funny to me because having taught in like a primarily black school. Yeah, like, even children can tell when white people are doing that. They're like, yeah. literally, <laughs> yes. They will say about other teachers. They're like, I don't think he knows a lot of black or Puerto Rican. Right, right. <laughs> yes, and it is. Uh, it is pretty clear in. I feel like in this scene, yeah. that uh, he is. Uh, I don't know. I just the, the way he claps. There's something about it where I was just like, it's just robotic enough. He's, he's on the one and three. Yeah, exactly. He's on the one and three. That is uh, the just like the number one thing that white people do is clap on the one and three, and it is like the biggest give. You know what it reminds me of? It's like in um, what do you call it? Inglorious Bastards. When uh, oh, with the, the, guy, the with the, the three, three, he puts the three <laughs> with his uh, index, middle, and ring finger instead of using his thumb. It's yeah. it's like that with uh, in, in that we should shoot the people that do it. 
Yes, exactly. If you clap on the one and fucking three, then you should be shot. I mean, what the hell and are you life. doing? Two and, and four, life. people. Two and four. Let's ask Vince. Vince went away for a second. Vince, do you clap on the one and three or do you clap on the two and four? Two and four. Okay, good. You know what? You're just ethnic Italian enough yeah. that you knew that. <laughs> All right, we continue. And one day his father-in-law said to him, Moses. Don't boo, vote. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Why do you carry this awesome responsibility by yourself? So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and chose able men to rule over the people. Can I preach it like I feel it? We would do well to keep those standards in mind. Men of truth who fear God and hate covetousness. When You're holding me to a high standard. Moses, I mean, Jesus, Reverend. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't believe I said that. Moses will do for now. We'll save Jesus for your second term. <laughs> so uh, where I'm getting, at least him on the pulpit, it was like, you know, uh, people of truth uh, who fear God and hate covetousness. I think those are clearly attacks on Royce rather mm. than saying I am pro Carchetti. I think in that moment he was saying like, number one, you know, uh, Mayor Royce has been lying. Uh, I mean, it, they had that moment earlier in the season where during a debate, he's like, you calling me a liar, Tommy? Mm. And so I think that is his way of saying like, vote for someone who's not a liar, vote for someone who isn't covetous. I assume the covetousness thing was like, just make sure you don't vote for Jews or something. You know, it's mostly yeah, it was uh, an, an anti-Semitic. But there's none in the race, so they didn't have to worry about it. Well, you never know. Crypto Jews abound. Mm, that's true. Um, that's why you got to ask them to eat, you know, eat like a pork product. Yeah, eat this pig. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Just they won't eat them. the pig. Yeah, that's right. That's how it works. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, the machine politics in this uh, episode and in this show, I always I just find very interesting. It's very I did, much. Yeah, I did like the production design uh, decision to have all of the black people dressed in blacks and browns. Ever, nobody is wearing any color at church, uh, which yeah. is awesome. No ladies with the big hats. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just like you need to know it's a black church, so everybody is in dark color, so they look extra dark <laughs> for the audience. Yeah. Yes, yes. Just in case you were confused by it. Yeah, there, there's uh, at the church that, um, what's his name, that Mayor Royce went to, there was way more church crowns. And I was like, okay, you know, this is the... I assume that the church crown church is the little bit more fancy, a little bit maybe more expensive. Oh, is that what we're okay? No, so he's at the I, working no. class. I think he's. Oh, okay. I think he's oh, just I, saying I that they, they were trying to make him pop against the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Which it's he did. true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks good. Um, but yeah, uh, so Carcetti wins this primary, and now we get to see how he will rule. Um, he is the non-hornily so far is what we're so getting. far non-hornily, which yeah. is uh, you know the keeping the it dry in in mm -hmm. 06. Yeah, keeping it dry in 06. Yeah, God bless him. Pre comes uh, only, only pre comes. <laughs> Just a little wetness. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So moving on, uh, we have a few other uh, great storylines going on. Uh, we've got Naaman and, and Bunny. You know, this is the beginning of the class. We have the Dead Witness. Uh, you know, that's a, a small but potent little angle. Uh, we got uh, Jimmy and Omar. Uh, and, of course, we have Randy the Snitch. These are all different storylines. Vince, what, what do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I think we got to talk about Randy the Snitch because, as I said in the opening, this is uh, this is a show about how women sometimes lie. You know, women be lying. That is uh, that is the main thrust of the show. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, but the reason the Wire was like a great nuanced show was it did say women sometimes lie, but it also added, but the guys might have deserved it at the same time. The guys might have right. deserved it a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, you might remember from uh, the previous episode uh, or maybe it's two episodes ago. I don't fucking know. Uh, Randy is told to wait outside. He's given five dollars told to wait outside while uh, a couple of boys go into the boys restroom with a girl and um, get their fucky sucky on. You do wonder what level of fucky sucky is going on because they're so young, like um you think it was maybe it was hand jobs, um, you know, and I'm opening the floor to postulations. Uh, whack, what kind of middle school <laughs> sex do you think? Um, when you imagined uh, this in vivid detail. When you imagined it in your no, head. No, uh, no, 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 I don't do that. Uh, what, well, but I will say, <laughs> I will say that the, mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the same, because I know this is like the school season and I did work at a school kind of like the one in the show. Yeah. Um, I will say for, for all the uh, the bleeding heart libs out there, uh, st- police are not allowed to just walk into a classroom. That's like against union mm-hmm. rules. They can't just yeah. walk in, say a bunch of names and then extract students from your room. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but this is a pilot like, program, though. So. <laughs> yeah, but they tra- but trying yeah. it out. Yeah, but th- there was that. But it was like juxtaposed with the kids getting taken out for being arrested or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and I, not neither of those things happen. Like you don't take mm-hmm. kids out of class time to run up. Actually, I've seen stuff like that done, uh, but that's against the rules. Like right, right, reported right, right. to the union and stuff. Yeah, um, which I don't know how much this show really gets into. Like how the teacher unions affect the schools in like a positive way, but there it are doesn't, a lot of... They don't go into the teachers' <laughs> unions uh, at all. It's mostly a critique of the um, of administrators and also just yeah. like uh, federal, like no child left behind, standardized testing and programs like that. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's more about how, you know, uh, the children are being left behind and the people put in charge the administrators put in charge of like not leaving them behind are uh completely deaf to any uh critique of the system that implicates them so you know oh yeah i know that's why i uh that's a big reason i'm not a teacher anymore is because i told an administrator to their face that they were a huge part of the problem at the school and uh-huh. uh, they didn't want me to come back the following year. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I no, I mean her. it's it's funny how many uh, teachers I know that um, th- that have had those instances with 
um, with administrators in which they realize that like part of becoming a school administrator is putting away that part of your brain that allows you to um, to look outside of the confines of a system and where you go like, no, 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 I'm not. As soon as you critique the system, then you are making me culpable for it. And I will have none of that. And uh, that's why I love teachers unions is because they're the only people who uh, fight against those administrators. Uh, yeah. Um, the parents. Well. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a huge. Th I mean, they suck. I mean, administrators suck. Uh, the school I worked in had a police station inside of it. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so <Holy> fuck. <laughs> the cops didn't have guns, though. The SROs didn't have guns. Um, oh, that's okay. Sick. So you know, uh, so you better. could beat them in a knife fight if you wanted. To. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to stop any school shooters, is what you're saying. I could. There I could be a bad guy those, with a gun, and there yeah. be no one there. Oh, so help. no good guys with guns? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's what you're saying. It sounds like to me. Wow. I'm saying I'm saying just the kid as long as the kids have their guns, I don't really care. Oh, those I are the good the guys with the guns. I, mm. I don't want the cops to have them. I want the kids to bring them in. I the feel that. I feel gun that. for every child. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm saying. Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, I, if we could just give every child a gun. So <laughs> that's sick. that's what teachers unions are fighting for is a, oh, is a, man. a nine <laughs> in every jan sport exactly exactly dude just put it already in the locker everyone gets their <laughs> fucking textbooks and a gun and i would love it if one of the guns was in a hollowed out textbook you know what i mean there's we gonna be a, a a subreddit for mistreated uh school provided guns the way there are subreddits of like tech guys complaining about working at schools because they <laughs> fuck up their computers they get all the guns back with like a post-it note on it and the serial number shaved off that's like this one went to johnny uh, <laughs> <laughs> i love that it's got the yeah it's got the list of all the like a library book we um, didn't have we didn't have lockers at our high school i don't know if you guys had this experience we had half lockers. We weren't allowed that. They took out the lockers a few years before because they were worried people were going to store drugs and guns in them. Oh, interesting. I, I, so I feel like we, suing them for my adult back problems. But Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I think you should sue them for whatever reason you want. Mm. The school I'm I worked at had lockers that the students were not allowed to use. Oh, um, yeah. That's the other option. There. So they didn't have they didn't like take the lockers out, but none of the kids used them. Yeah. Uh, but that now was, it's a. a it's a little more feasible because they have Chromebooks and iPads and mm, stuff. It's not yeah. like they have to carry right. like 50 books with them. We had lockers, but I remember in high, I was actually very relieved because in my high school, um, they, they w everyone only had like the little small, the little small lockers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, as a kid, I was always afraid because I would see how many times Screech got put into a locker. And I said, <laughs> that's, I know that's going to happen to me. Um, so I, when I came to school and saw they didn't have full screech size lockers, I was like, oh, I'm golden. They can't fuck with me. Yeah. And they never did. Happy ending. Is oh. that Brent Flyberg, producer of, <laughs> hey, what's up, dude? Hey, it's me, Brent. And I'm here to tell you that we need to take a break for ads. Okay. So we're going to take a real quick ad break, but don't you go anywhere, you f fucking idiot. Because you you need to buy these products. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. 
Why March 17th, you ask? Well, <laughs> because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you are in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and, you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Oh, man. So we're talking about what's going on in Tillman Middle School. Uh, as you know, uh, these two boys and a girl went into a bathroom and they had some sexy time. And then uh, later uh, in this episode, you see Tiff, uh, Tiffany, the girl who had the, the sexy sex <laughs> with the boys, um, says hi to them, and uh, they ignore her, and then they clown her, which uh, does not end well. Hey, Pa, hey, Monel. Damn, she good, though. Hey, yo, Tip, baby, I got 50 cent, too. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Damn, all three at once, you know she could. You know, yeah, yeah, know. Moments later. So His that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you don't know uh, what is happening in that room, but you know she is sitting there crying, talking to a cop. And uh, so what ends up happening is Randy, our, our, our dear, dear Randy, um, gets called in to Mrs. Donnelly's office and told he is an accessory to rape, which um, I... Uh, I, I have a very mixed feelings about Miss Donnelly because on the mm. one hand, you know, um, I'm like, she's she's just trying to be against rape, which I think everyone should be against. Um, and on the other hand, she's like very quick to ruin this kid's life, uh, you know. Oh, she had a bit of glee in telling the black kid that he was going to jail forever. Uh, she was yeah. having a little bit of fun with that. She is. And, and, you know, cause she's like, I'm gonna, she, this is not the first time that she has, uh, threatened Randy to the point of forcing him to snitch. And I, I feel mean, I like, think, yeah, I think the point of her is that she, she, dev she genuinely wants to make the school a better place. Uh, but mm -hmm. she only really knows her own 
methods and she has like a blind spot for what uh it actually means mm-hmm. uh to to use a informant like randy like her goal is to solve a thing just like the cops just like for the cops well and, like, yeah her they, concern i mean is not really what happens to randy afterwards right yeah School administrators are like that. Uh, yes. They behave like police officers uh, because they see like a problem and they find ways to eliminate it, which is what No Child Left Behind was anyway, was a way to increase suspension so that you could eventually mm-hmm. expel poor test performers. That's right. why test scores went up is because they just removed kids <laughs> from the building. And right. administrators still see it that way a lot of the time. Like, we had a huge issue with attendance at the school I worked at and I was in meetings when they were like, don't come to school for 10 days. They're off the roll. This makes our job <laughs> so much easier. We just yeah. eliminate them and then we could just file the paperwork with the district and then wherever they are now can fill out the paperwork on their end. And it's like, right. So you just don't know where these kids like you guys are just you found a fun way to just forget about where these children are. That's yeah, that's a solution for a, a school administration. Yeah, right. It's it's uh, it's part of the way that schools are funded federally, uh, and it's fun. To, it's a fun parallel to the uh, juking of the crime stats that the uh, police yeah. are doing in the wire. It's like watching them also uh, juke the uh, the standardized uh, test score stats. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, you know, Donnelly is is uh, at the end of the day, she's what is she like a vice principal or something? She's an administrator, and all she knows is, you know, I can threaten this kid um, to the point where he will snitch. Unlike a lot of other kids who won't do that, and she gets in a little deeper than uh, she, I think, assumed she would get into, and uh, he admits that uh, he knows some really dark shit. And I have a clip of that. Yeah, I ain't even do nothing. Used to look out while two eighth grade boys raped an eighth grade girl. But she wanted to. That's not what Tiffany says. There'll be an investigation. You'll be suspended. You could very well be expelled. Maybe even face criminal charges. Miss Donnelly, please don't call my foster mother. I- I'll tell you everything I know about this. I know all about it already. No, but I know some other stuff. Like who, who been thieving from the teacher's lounge, or attacking gym lockers, or Ms. even- uh, Jeffries, please. Ms. Donnelly, This please. is Mrs. Donnelly calling from Tillman Middle. L- listen, I-, I-, I know, remember the boy who cut Mr. Fillmore's tires? I know who did that. I know about a murder. I do. Here's the other fucking thing about the the more I think about this, the more I'm like, I really fucking actually hate Miss Donnelly with every fiber of my being. Um, No, I'm sorry, but it's like this this character, um, I'm realizing the deep um, evil (laughs) of what she's actually doing there, because like his biggest thing. When she was like, you you know, you could get suspended, possibly go to jail, like criminal charges. Uh, he's like, oh fuck! But then as soon as she picks up the phone to call her his foster mother, that's when he's like, I will tell you literally everything. And the reason for that is, he does not want to live in a fucking group home, and like, it is, it's just so 
evil to like yeah she has ha- no she has no she's not trying to help him in any way she has yeah, no the, interest in aiding a child in need she yes. definitely never asks why he's so scared of right. her calling uh, yeah why you know well why as a teacher in that kind of environment especially a kid in a foster situation you know why i mean you know the sad the sad reality is that most foster students most foster children aren't in normal high schools they end up in the like uh, the high schools that are a lot more like prisons uh they get called mm. different things all over but like uh just the high school that you go to when you're not good at normal school continuation and, right. is what they called it here yeah there's a a, yeah. yeah so you get sent to those what are basically disciplinary based schools And like most foster kids aren't even in a normal high school. So as an administrator, if you have a foster kid sitting in front of you with like a foster family Mm -hmm. um, and this kid is telling you you are jeopardizing their living situation, you would more than likely just suspend them for like an assault thing for like 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell the mother that it was probably a misunderstanding and that the kid needs right. new friends and then leave it at that. Yeah, the the idea that she is so quick to use um, the call to the foster mother as a threat, like the the more I think about it, uh, the more cruel it seems and the more I'm just yeah. like, yeah. listen, as, <laughs> as much as I love her quaint, weirdo, fucking Balmer accent, uh the the flashes i'm having of like just heartless um administrators uh at schools the uh, it makes me insane it's making me yeah insane, man. i think and, like yeah. having worked in a school like seeing stuff like that it is the kind of thing where you do sort of think about it over time and it's like well they had so many other options there are so many other ways this person could have handled this situation and that's why a lot of motherfuckers think they have the right to just spout off about whatever they think teachers should or shouldn't be doing or whatever but mm-hmm. it's also true that like when you're working with kids your first uh priority should be to protect the kids and you can't really be like I mean, you're a fucking adult. If a middle schooler is lying about having been raped, you're going to be able to tell. You know what I mean? If it's actually right. a lie, the mid- uh, uh, 12-year-olds are not tricking you. And if you like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to actually yeah. handle these situations a little bit better. And yeah, she didn't give a shit about the, the girl who was saying she was raped. She didn't give a shit about any of the kids who were being accused of it. She cared about like the consequences of their actions. And right. I think yeah. that that is the... Same that, as improving the school is right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the, also, like, what is, like, what does she get out of being skeptical about her rape allegation? Like, all that can do for her is bring her like yeah. terrible consequences. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, and 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 she's, uh, you know, before the motivation was more clear as to why she was um, kind of threatening to call the foster mother. You know, it was like. She's trying to gather information. He's kind of an unwitting uh, CI, you know, like he's he's uh, the confidential informant for the school, but without wanting to be. It's just she just keeps threatening him. And he's just, you know, he will snitch if if it's between his living situation and, uh, you know, telling on the guy who was tagging the walls. He's going to tell on the guy who's tagging the walls. It's completely reasonable. Um, And so. 
yeah, in that moment, I don't fully understand why she's going so hog on it, other yeah, than because, like she oh, thinks because she wants to get her clearance. She's like clearly yeah. meant to yeah. be a parallel to the police, and like she's just trying to get that stat. Like, of which course. I, again, very impressive with the wire when they're able to. Uh, like compare the right people to police. I mean, this know? whole episode's about them, about these teachers trying to get, you know, problem kids or what or whatever out of their classroom. Someone's yeah. telling her that there's these two kids that rape this girl. Like her first priority is like, oh, okay, let's yeah. get these two out of the classroom as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ms. Donnelly does, uh, you know, does go up to Presbelewski and Presbelewski yeah. being a former cop, he, uh, is like, Hey, there's one thing I know. It's that, uh, as soon as his name is in the system, it will ruin his life. So let's try, I'm going to try to handle this on my own and talk to some people I know. And he has this conversation with Daniels, um, where great Daniel's he, scene, such good, it's, it's a great good scene acting. From him. Yeah. And I, I have a clip of, uh, of that scene. Who knows what he really knows? I just, I don't want to see him get chewed up by the system. Let me try to keep this close. Give it to someone with a little bit of discretion. Appreciate it. Why do you care? And what does it get to you? I don't know. He, he's one of my students. So I love that scene, but I'm also getting a little bit more of the like a parallel heartlessness there where he's like, what? Why do you care what happens <laughs> to this fucking child? Like, but why, why are you working so hard? Uh, how are you getting your to... beak wet on this kid? What's, yeah. the, what's the action here? Yeah, what is the action here? I, mean, I don't and... know that it's necessarily heartlessness on Daniel's part as it is cynicism towards Presbelewski, a kid. Yeah, who, a maybe guy who's, curiosity. <laughs> a guy yeah, who's no. blinded a kid and shot up a car and killed a cop, but yeah. Oh, he's, done, he's done those things? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, he... He he, uh, but he's had kind of uh, this is his sort of redemption arc. Um, he's got a softness. He's got a softness to him, uh, from what I've seen. I didn't know. Yeah, he yeah. Well, that he's a police officer. No, he's the old embodiment of the give a sissy a gun and he'll kill everything in sight kind of. He, oh, he right. just yeah. he just blinded the kid. Yeah, right? oh, he blinded he the kid, but he killed the he, cop. You said right? He killed the cop. So that was also his redemption arc. Okay. Uh, you know when he killed a cop. I mean, he didn't the mean scales, to. The scales are sort of. <laughs> They're meeting yeah. somewhere. They're meeting somewhere. And now he's a, a teacher and he's trying to help. But yeah, no, there's something. Uh, yeah, I think it is curiosity and maybe it is cynicism. Um, but I was just like, what do you mean, why? Because he doesn't. <laughs> does he have to explain to you why he doesn't want to ruin someone's life? Yeah, he does, um, apparently. Yeah. So then uh, he tells Carver and Carver talks to the foster mom and uh, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, yeah. Um, Daniel's is thinking like a cop. He's like, OK, you got you got the clearance. Why? What? What? What is all yeah. this other stuff you're trying to do? I don't get it. Yeah. Get yeah. The Why are you crying get right now? Stat. Yeah. Why do you keep <laughs> hugging him? <laughs> <laughs> Why do human cry? Why do human cry? He's your student. What the fuck is a student? Um. So and uh, then. <laughs> like, yeah, I like a parallel universe where Daniel doesn't know what a student is. He's yeah. just ignorant of schools. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. You mean suspect. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, and then we get to see a little bit more of Randy uh, as the kind of election part takes off. And just it's a it's a little like um, insight into his character. And uh, and I love it because he gets this job um, passing out flyers, you know, for a candidate and he enlists his friends. And then um, all of his friends cancel on him, essentially. They well, all... the first part of that is he meets up with Spider. And I like the like consistency with Spider, whose mm. thing is going, huh? Like whenever, like oh. as a, huh? Yeah. Like when <laughs> cops ask him questions. And yeah. they, they got him. It's consistent enough that he does it like on accident just at anybody now. And uh, yeah. like as a, just out of habit. So... <laughs> Like even when Randy asks him something, he just goes, "Huh? Oh!" Yeah. Uh, and then he yeah, goes, "Yeah, to yeah, answer oh, sorry. It. I'm I'm yeah. used to pretending I can't hear people." You honestly don't usually get that kind of consistency with minor characters uh, or characters as minor as uh, Spider is, and right. uh, I just I really enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, no, that that is great. Um, like Spider I, gets, I don't know, a line and a half throughout this entire series, but you do get like a pretty good sense of who spider yeah. is and like you can it gives you enough to imagine like spider's inner life and what he's got going on which i love yeah i also like watching spider just run away from cuddy when cuddy's yeah. just like hey yeah. what's going on he's like no you can't fuck my mom and then yeah. he runs as fast as he can uh but i like them showing that uh randy is um ethical in the fact that you know he might be Kind here's, of naive. Here's Randy's deal. Randy is uh, Randy is Ned Stark. Like we mm. like Randy because Randy's entire thing is that he wants to please authority. Like his whole thing yeah. is, he comes into the classroom. He tells Presbyluski, like smiles, shakes him, gives him a firm firm handshake, introduces himself. Yeah, like that's Randy when he's in front of Marsha Donnelly's desk. Like yes, his goal is for her to not call Miss Anna, but like his. His he he he's naive enough to think that uh, p- pleasing authority figures will help and him. ingratiating himself to them is uh, it will help. And he doesn't realize like that he and someone like Miss Donnelly are essentially like in an adversarial relationship. Like he right. hasn't like he doesn't recognize that in that situation. So he's like the character that you like, but is like a little too pure for the world right. in some ways. He's incredibly naive, and uh, and his friends are right when they call him out on like, listen, you already have the money. Yeah. He, if <laughs> yeah. he he shouldn't have paid you up front, that's on him. Yeah, and he's uh, he's yeah. also like a mirror for. I mean, he's like a mirror for Clay Davis in this episode. Like, you yeah, know, like the the you know the the, the base the the root, the theme the root theme there is like, yeah, don't give a guy money up front. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not smart. Where y'all going? Hungry, man, I need to eat. Yo, listen, man, I ain't even gonna pay y'all if y'all finish the job, so. You already got the money? Fool, the motherfucker paid you out already. And why the hell are we still here? Because this is the job. Shit, the man ain't got nobody to blame but himself. It's his fault for paying up front. Yo, you need to split that money up or something, because uh, time is a wasting. I love Donut. Yeah, I was so gonna say much. another one of the great single serving characters in The Wire, just Let me like. Finish your day's work. Because time is. A wasted. Give me some at least. Lake trout. Soda too? Yeah, strawberry. All right, I got you. Hell yeah. So I got to ask Wack about that. Like, uh, I don't know what it's if Baltimore and Philly are similar, but like where I grew up, you couldn't just go and order like a strawberry soda somewhere. That would be like a that would be like a specialty menu item. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would assume he's getting one of those. Um, 
like Haritos, like uh okay like a like or a fago something that's like an off-brand right another one that makes like weird uh, like blue raspberry soda and stuff yeah that's what we I'm definitely have Haritos, but definitely do not have yeah. fago so yeah i know we've we've spent many an hour trying <laughs> to find fago in california yeah i would yeah i would assume it's just like a non-coke or pepsi type soda would be right yes you got to go yeah. to the specialty candy and soda store on the highland in highland park for that one i fucking that hate sounds that. miserable why do you hate that worst. place really why i hate um they make good uh, sandwiches. Well, maybe the sandwich. I've never had the sandwiches, but I hate when I go to someone's house and they're like, oh, I just bought a bunch of sodas from that specialty soda place. And it's like, uh, yeah, we have cough syrup flavor uh, and we have uh, lemon flavor. Oh, and we just- got a... F- we got a soda connoisseur here. I'm not a connoisseur. I'm someone who will just give me a fucking Coke. <laughs> just ma- make it normal. Why do you have to feel you should be all fancy? Because we're when wonder- drinking we're, pop. Because we think that maybe you would like variety in the same way uh, us no. drinkers like variety. No, I am basic. Hmm. You know, well, that's look regular strength heroin. <laughs> Not everyone knows that your brand is trash, but the people. I, yeah, close my to brand you is trash. People should do. know that. Um, but yeah, I love that Randy. He he still he puts the things up. Um, the other thing that's going on in the school that we've talked about is uh, what's going on with Naaman's life, which is super fucked up because his yeah. mama just got cut off by Brianna Barksdale, and now she is putting the pressure on for him to bring that money in vis-a-vis the corner. I love which, this storyline mm. because I just feel like Weebay and Bodie are finding out what so many of us desk drones uh, find out all the time, which is that uh, loyalty to the, comp- to the company does not count for shit in the long run, and right. uh, companies go under all the time. So yeah. you better be uh, looking out for yourself while you can because uh, the boss is not always going to be there to repay you these like favors that you're doing for him. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I like the, the idea of the like ticking clock pension that they had where Brianna was yeah. like, all right, we've paid you enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Goodbye. honestly, like that's kind of how it is yeah. now for most people in most jobs right now. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's like, yeah, no, the money that you have in retirement is whatever the stock market was doing with your four hundred one k. Hope yeah. that or, worked out. You know, say you're Bye-bye. trying to get severance pay from the media company that you work worked for. Like you better, for hope. example, yeah. hypothetical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's just say hypothetically, like your severance pay is not going to be based on the time that you worked for that company. It's going to be based on the time uh, since the last conglomerate took it over. So, you know, good luck. That's all. I I'm think saying. that's fair. Actually, hypothetically, yeah, yeah. I think companies are uh, that do private equity are good. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so now Naaman is you know fucking being forced into the situation where he has to. Uh, get his own package and Bodhi is not interested in giving him his own package because uh damon is not really a go-getter yeah no. and i love the scene where he his mom is just yelling <laughs> at Bodhi. Yeah. just it's just it's kind well, of incredible Bodhi's yeah. in the same spot that we is in like he's he's uh he's he's in this position where he's showing loyalty to the old boss like thinking it's mm-hmm gonna benefit him some way and it's no this can only hurt you yeah no yeah but he's you know he it's because his you know he's not gonna snitch he knows uh, you know the whether or not his old boss is able to like keep bringing the money in he's still would never cross that line so 
you know, Brianna knows there's there's nothing that Weebay is going to do about this. So, uh, yeah. But then, um, yeah, yeah. Bodhi has to uh, deal with uh, the dragon lady. But, and yeah, but a... Bodhi's still living in a world where Barksdale has muscle. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and this is the extent of the muscle is just him. Yeah. Other yeah. Times he just... He going to do better. Ain't you? I'm sorry. <laughs> they have an election day special on heroin. It's very funny. <laughs> I love that. It was just like, you know, in case you were, hey, you're going to, over to vote? Just real quick, stop by for this election day heroin I, special. I love the suggestion that the guy on the corner would be shouting out the specials as if those guys yeah. are shouting anything. They actually prefer you come to them. They're not advertising. Right. No, no. They're, big they're part mostly of what they're just... doing is not advertising. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their whole thing is standing there, and you're like, you know yeah. what they're there for. Yeah. People don't just loiter. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I do. You want me to talk to Weebay? Maybe you want to talk to him. I give you his number. He got a cell phone. Oh, that's not even necessary. I got all the respect in the world for Bay. Then show some for his family. Make me proud. Here. Damn, boy. Your mom's what niggas call a dragon lady. Yeah, she don't blink. Yeah, it gave me some insight, though. To what? Why you is what you is. I love that because it's so clear that Bodhi has uh, seen The Sopranos. <laughs> and he's just like, no, I know I know mothers can have quite the effect on their, uh, on their kids. As so a big Olivia. fan of David Chase's work, uh, I understand <laughs> yeah. the impact that a mother can have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's what's happening to him on the corner. And then at school... I mean, it's uh, also sorry. I I keep harping oh, on this, but like, please. it's interesting to me that the burden to be uh, loyal to longtime employees also like falls on the lower level ones. Like, like the the management has abdicated that at this point, and uh, and so now now Weebay's wife or whatever uh, partner is uh, is like no trying to extract those concessions from the people from the lower level people that weren't even really benefiting from what he was doing. Right. Yeah. No, they didn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, other than having this like sub uh, middle management type of job, it's like, Hey, you know, he had a, he had a job. He, yeah. He benefited in that way. Yeah. Is it, if you think about it, the bark sales are job creators. They, yeah. No, no doubt. So, you know, yeah. So yeah, don't throw trickle stuff. down. Sorry, my bad. You're right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking! I sometimes I swear to God, sometimes I think you don't think Reagan is right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, just uh, ending with the Bodhi stuff, uh, or sorry, with uh, Bunny stuff is uh, they we see the first time the pilot program happens. Uh, all the corner boys are in the classroom, and uh, Bunny is. Uh, is there and he's meeting them all for the first time and uh, I uh, I have a clip of that. This is the classroom too. And every one of you has proven time and again that you're not ready for a regular classroom. But this is a new program that if you work it is going to make you ready. Ready for gin pop. This is prison, yo. And we in solitary and shit. Word. Solitary. This is solitary. This is a hole up in here. Whoa, whoa. 
because way down in a hole. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that uh, I do, I do. Um, <laughs> I can say I do love when the kids call prison or call the schools like prison. That's always so funny to me. Yeah, uh, when yeah. the kids are like, "This is just like prison." It's like this is a program program specifically designed to make sure you guys don't go to prison. That's that's right. the whole reason they're doing this. Yeah. And the kids are like, "This is jail. This is just yeah, like yeah. jail." Same thing. As jail. Like, oh, those, we have uh, to be here. This is like jail. This, yeah, those those memes that show like a corridor of cells and a corridor of lockers, and it's like spot the difference. It's like, yes, hallways, <laughs> hallways really are just like prison. It's like yeah. it's very funny, like explaining to the students because they have such a um, like an antagonistic relationship with authority so often mm-hmm. that they're they will say they would say stuff to me like, well, you know. I, I, I'm not allowed to leave. And I'm like, you can leave the room. You can leave right now. And they're like, yeah. well, then I won't get a good grade. And I'm like, right, because actions have consequences. That isn't the same as being imprisoned. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. This is like uh, you are imprisoned by the, 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 the uh, shackles of cause and effect. But that's not the same <laughs> as uh, <laughs> being incarcerated. I like, I like to think that metaphors are all literal and that everything really is mm-hmm. exactly as the metaphor states, which is why mm-hmm. I do think that getting a vaccine is like if you're the Jews during the Nazi times. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I came on this show and that we can talk about this for the next Finally, hour. Finally, so. <laughs> let's talk about the vax. <laughs> um, no, but uh, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it, uh, we will see what happens. I, I, again, I think it's just really funny with the wire. Uh, six episodes into season four, and we have the first classroom scene where uh, we see Bunny's pilot um, program because it is a slow, a slow burn show. Um, the final storylines that I want to talk about are uh, Jimmy and Omar. What's going on with that? Uh, this is Marlo's. Uh, master plan to get back at Omar for stealing his ring and, you know, for jacking up his card game, taking his money. Uh, and it's to frame him for murder. And McNulty finds that out uh, when the real Jay Landsman uh, is having a little, uh, doing his little, what do you call, all hands? What do police have? Upfronts? I don't know what it's called. But it's like he's he's talking to all of his guys and uh mcnulty morning briefing they have briefings yeah briefing yeah that sounds more Mm -hmm. policey yep um yeah and i have a clip of that anyone know this mutt oh yeah who'd he kill some lady in the store reads like a taxpayer taxpayer fucking time someone got some paper on that motherfucker anyhow we got no fixed address no known abode I'm sorry. Hell yes. Yeah, yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. The best Hell phrase yes. someone with a Baltimore accent could say. No, no, no boat. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be illegal to talk like, to have those three words together if you're in Baltimore. Come on, man. No, no, no boat. That is. Oh, We're going over to this hoser's uh, condo. Go to the ocean where there's no known to boat near the ocean. <laughs> Were you on your post when the note? <laughs> my post is my boat near the... I'm sorry, go Do you ahead. know if his boat is near your post? <laughs> All right. You better go over there. Contact detectives Holling and Crutchfield and Homicide. You ever know Omar to do a citizen? Anyway, say if he's like 
I love it. He's asking Calicio that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, ever known Omar to like, you know, go against his code to do someone who's not a criminal? And Calicio is just like, all black people criminal. <laughs> so he shot black person also criminal. Calicio's racist. Um, Calicio, I got that from yes. his haircut. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Can tell yeah, it's all there. Sorry, Calicio. Is it Calicio? Yes, just it a terrible Calico thing. Vision. Uh, Calico Vision. Great fucking <laughs> console, bro. Uh, and uh, yeah, and so then uh, Omar gets uh, arrested. Um, first, he gets jacked by Officer Walker, and then uh, arrested. I love that. Uh, you know, this is uh, old face Andre's ring. It just keeps get getting new owners every time. Uh, much like the money has no owners, neither does that ring. Uh, and uh, and McNulty lets him do a phone call which i love uh i love to you know i love to yeah, see when like, the people that was friends. that was some straight up hijinks that was some <laughs> some straight up uh fucking he was he was playing playing a uh, calling an audible there i've never seen because they have all those channels you know of like officer body cam footage that you oh can yeah watch. yeah tons. i've never I've seen a cop been like oh you want to borrow my phone real quick let me call yeah. A known criminal on my personal cell phone for you. What's yeah. the number? <laughs> but in this show, because no, because Omar good. Oh, I see. I like when they're friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Please. Uh, okay. No. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Thank you for apologize. Uh, no, uh, but it is it is uh, very cute. I also like that Santangelo is like, what are you, a fucking Democrat? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, and then, yeah, uh, it's to protect him because of the fact that uh, Omar uh, in jail uh, is a target of literally everyone because Omar's main thing is robbing drug dealers. And certainly there was a lot of robbed drug dealers in that prison or in that jail at that moment so um luckily uh butchie's uh, you know he that called a butchie yielded two guys who came into the prison and gave him a little a little knife what i love about that scene where the two guys like walk in uh is at first he like puts his dukes up like all right i'll fight you and then the guy's like, nah, I'm just playing. I'm not here to stab you. I'm your friend. And I'm like, wow, that was a risky move. Yeah. And he, Omar instantly believes him. He's like, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wouldn't like, want oh, someone God. to come pretend to be my friend and then yeah. stab Oh, no, I, I've been stabbed. I would love to see the writer's room that came up with the idea that they're doing bits in jail. That, that <laughs> yeah. Dudes are faking being violent with each other as a joke in jail. I, hey, you know, you got to pass the time somehow. Dudes rock, and that's all. That's, who, that's the only people that are in prison. 100%. They all do the, they do the Lando Calrissian thing every time mm -hmm. a new guy comes into jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, I also love that he says, uh, what are you in for? And the guy says something like, uh, oh, it's, uh, you know, 55, 50 or whatever. And uh, I was I was looking it up and it is basically when it's when you disrespect a cop or something, uh, <laughs> the Baltimore quote for like disrespecting a cop. And then, you know, you get to take him to jail. I love that Butchie called some guys and was like, I need you guys to go to holding immediately. And they're like, OK, OK. 
I gotta find a cop to shit on and just be <laughs> just like run. I fucked your wife and then get directly sent to prison or to jail. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, finally, what's going on with uh, Herc and his plan to capture Marlo? Um, and- he's getting played because Marlo knows where the wire is, and he's. Mm-hmm. He's talking in cop language so that they know exactly, you know, when the when the the uh, the reups going to come. And of course, Calicchio is like, oh, these are guys are exactly as stupid as I always imagined. Oh, Herc. Herc is like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then he goes in there. So I have a bit of background trivia. So Marlo Mm -hmm. tricks them and he just picks a random woman. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. To befriend in the train station so that they'll jack her, which is kind of fucked up, you know. Yeah, Marlo. I like how he's like, "Don't be, a, don't be afraid." And he's like, "Why would I be afraid?" Which yeah. is like, "Don't tell someone, don't be afraid." Yeah, so that's the scariest thing you could say to somebody. Yeah, you don't have random actors in the wire that don't have like a Baltimore backstory. Oh yeah. Um. So this actress, her name is Queen Nzinga Amalinton. Um, and she is uh, the, the wife of the owner proprietor of a popular uh, Jamaican chicken joint. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. Her uh, the guy who runs it. And wait, this sounds like uh, a this is our segment Lake Trout. That's right. It's Lake Trout. But it's also get to know uh, get to know a tertiary actor on the wire. Yeah, but I only have one sting for it. So okay. here it is. Chicken, Lake Trout. No lake, no trout. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so they run cool. a... they. Her and her husband uh, run a place called Caroline's Cafe. Mm. Uh, uh, it's uh, It was taken over by Ross Doobie, uh, cool. which is her husband's name, which I can't believe that that is a real name for a person. That yeah. is Jamaican because it Ross Doobie. I mean, you know, it's fucking, got all the it's got all the stereotypes. So. There's one thing I know about Jamaicans is they uh, they like smoking that doobie. You know uh-huh. what I mean? That but, little sensimil. But also uh, meat, apparently. So yeah, she yeah. Uh, she runs a, a popular uh, Jamaican restaurant in. I love that. Baltimore. I love that. I love that. Yeah, everyone in the show has this like awesome local connection to baltimore and you're just like oh fuck yeah dude i'd love to live there if it didn't look so dangerous <laughs> um <laughs> philly's philly's like baltimore but less scary although we don't have lake trout here that isn't something that isn't something too big out you here you got steaks yeah. and whiz yeah we yeah. got we got the whiz wit uh, or wit out uh but but <laughs> no lake trout yeah no i mean to be fair they don't have lake trout there either it's just uh they just call it lake trout <laughs> There's no oh. lake, no trout. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah, what is lake trout? It's some they? sort of uh, whitefish or some shit, like cod, oh, okay. and they they call it lake trout. I I don't really know. We look we we looked it up once, and <laughs> it's I, a trash I, fish from the ocean that they call lake trout. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that makes more sense because they are on the ocean. They're not on yeah, a lake. They're, they're on a bay. Yeah. Like, and I don't know why you would want lake nice. trout more than <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what's happening there. Um, and fucking, I think that's pretty much all of the shit in the episode. Is there anything I missed? Is there anything you liked? Is there anything you hated, Vince? Um, we talked about my favorite part, which was Landsman saying "no, no, no, bode." 
Uh, yeah. But uh, my the real Landsman, that is, not the right. fake Jay Landsman. Uh, my least favorite was in the beginning. I felt like Carcetti was really overusing the the Dennis Miller head side to side thing yeah, to punctuate a point, and he just like yeah. kept doing that, and he was going to the well way too many times in the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Whack. Anything you liked, hated, or wanted to talk about extra in this episode? Um, because of my lack of familiarity with the show, I don't have any real insights into what happened in season four, episode six. Um, it mm. is nice to hear that there is some broader context to what was happening, that it didn't just all appear out of nowhere. That does feel good to hear. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, but was... I did. I, I do always relish the regional accents. Uh, the Baltimore accent isn't the same as the Philly accent, but they're, they're relational to each other. And, uh, it was nice to hear it. Um, and I I thought it was funny that the mom was getting drunk and yelling at her kid to hit the corner and that he was playing <laughs> video games instead. I thought that yeah. was a very funny collection of scenes to happen. Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, one thing that I just wanted to show real quick is we have another instance of the character Jay Landsman uh, at his office uh, reading porn. Mm-hmm. This week, we have a... It's a club, mag- the best of clubs. So this is a clips sh- show of club. Um, I assume it's their end of year extravaganza. Um, and what do we have? Uh, blast over more class ass. Uh, kinky dildo axe. You really got to zoom in. What does this say? Suck the cream from my... Petite crotch. Petite crotch. Mm. Yeah, I'd and be willing it to bet that. Also says kiss my ass there in the corner with a woman mm. kissing an ass. Oh yeah, and yeah, I there can't it is. Tell whose ass she's kissing? If it's I'd a be man willing to bet that this is a real. It's 2006. It was. It was cover. a woman. Okay. Okay. I don't think they made this one up for the show. I'm pretty sure that that was probably <laughs> real. You think that's real? Yeah, I do. I don't know. I don't, all of that squares with Club Magazine's, you know, rich history. You know, is I this just, a real magazine? Yes, it is not Irish Lasses or whatever the fake one that we saw. Yeah, they, they've they've had a few fake ones. Club uh, magazine, Irish is Lasses real. being our favorite. Wait, Billy um, Eilish was on the cover of Club Magazine like recently. Nice, it's probably a different magazine, <laughs> different club, <laughs> different club <Okay>. mag. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I didn't know actually that club was uh, a real porno mag so uh i but i still choose to believe it's a dummy and that uh david simon is also sitting there writing uh about class ass um yeah and if i had to give this episode a letter grade and i do it's the law i would give it let's see one of the best episodes of tv ever made b plus vince what would you give this uh i think this is one of the best uh wire episodes ever um, mm. And uh, you know, one of the best shows ever. Uh, yeah. And, and therefore, I give it a solid B plus. Oh shit! Whack! <laughs> what would you give this uh, episode if you had to give it a letter grade? Being a teacher, I know you gave lots of letter grades. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go C minus on this one. Uh, you this was fucking <laughs> bitch. Oh fucking kill. I will. No, that's fair. C minus. I just. I mean, for having not, uh, for not knowing uh, any of the characters or what was happening or anything, I think it's going to be hard for me. Honestly, to, uh, that's fair. Are you are that's you just fair. sending pornography to the chat? Is that I just wanted you guys to know that Club is a real, <laughs> ma- a real pornography. You're right; it is real. 
But also, I do love that you are sending. You should do this more often, where you send porn to the chat. We don't have an HR department, and uh, I think that's one of our strengths. So, <laughs> you know, what's weird about. I'm looking right now at a Club Magazine cover that you have sent over, and um, they've like really airbrushed the uh, the cover a lot. So you're seeing a woman with a g-string and the ass, and it's like. They've airbrushed her butthole so that you can't see the ridges, and I feel that like she has that no it, butthole. That she has no yeah, she has no butthole, basically. or it's just very tiny, and I feel like that's a war crime. I like the <laughs> stars. I like the stars on the nipples that only cover the middle of the areola, not the rest of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This uh. This magazine looks fucking nasty, though. Uh, yeah, it looks fucking good. <laughs> Listen, dude. It's a down. It's one of the more down market ones. Oh we'll say. God, <laughs> not Playboy. They show. <sighs> I'm sweating. And not they show P the in the V and the A. All right, so it's a solid B plus episode of The Wire and a solid A plus 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 episode of Pod Yourself The Wire. Whack Nicholson. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, so talking about. Honored. Yeah, talking about the wire with us, we really appreciate it. And and where can people find you in W H A C K N I C H O L S O N Wack Nicholson on all platforms? Couldn't follow that. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, X dot com, the everything app, and uh, uh, Blue Sky uh, as well. Um, and and my podcast. Oh, and I have a YouTube channel. I just started my YouTube channel. I've been reviewing movies every day this month. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, finished my knock at the cabin episode, which should have uploaded by the time we are finished here. Oh, um, yeah. and yeah, I'm doing that every day this month and my podcast, Western Kabuki, which I host with Caleb, the bird respecter and Juniper with, uh, Alex from reply all as our producer. Thank you for listening. A whack at the thank cabin. Thank you for having you me. Yeah. Wait, wait. Alex Goldman is the reply all Alex Goldman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I was thinking. I was like, I know other Alex Goldmans exist. I wonder if that's the reply all <laughs> it guy. Is. Yeah. Uh, we're still trading on the reply all name uh, mm -hmm. for the time being. Uh, Do it. And, keep, uh, keep trading on it, dog. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Alex is, uh, is, is great. And our show is great. Um, our upcoming episode uh, that I'm going to be recording in the next 15 minutes is about the Elon Musk biography, which I have read most of as well. Oof. So Godspeed, <laughs> man. Jesus Christ. Really yeah. suffering for your art there. Yeah. But hey, you gotta fucking read a little bit of, you know, depressing history in order to make content. I mean, no, I read even better that the, the history is actually quite exciting. Uh oh, the special agent Walter Isaacson, the person who wrote it, he uh has a lot of really exciting stories about Elon that uh don't have a ton of relationship to reality, but uh <laughs> yeah. They are fun to listen to. I read the bullshit Facebook uh, book that the social network was based on. And yeah. oh boy, that was great too. It was like, it was like a third about, uh, a third about um, Mark Zuckerberg and like two thirds about this guy imagining what sex with Asian girls at Harvard was like. It was uh, <laughs> quite an interesting read. I think we've all been there. Mm-hmm. But check out uh, check out Western Kabuki uh, Whack. Please do. I, again, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I, I'm we'll so happy to be here. Come back soon and uh, watch all of the wire. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want, you don't have to. I don't care. <laughs> I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's it's all right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Patreon.com slash broadcast the $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince, we have four, count them. 
four mm-hmm. shout outs this week. They're going to get street names. First one, Brian Betts. We call this guy Kenny Rogers. I love it. Brian Betts, he's he's the gambler. That's what. He yeah. is the gambler. You know, he's a, always like that song. Uh, Sam Dawson. Sam Dawson? More like, we call this guy Cheers because he's clearly related to Sam Malone just slinging. Slinging beers behind that bar, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Next yeah. is we have, and this is just one name, Ryder, R-Y-D-E-R. Cowboy. Cowboy? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's that like. could be his on, top, top gun name even. But, it's yeah. a very good name. Uh-huh. Cowboy. And lastly, Crystal Robinson. Uh, Crystal. Yeah, we call her the Countess. She's always, you know, she's reading palms. She's checking that. Checking that crystal ball, seeing into the future. I like it. I yeah. thought you were going to go more meth angle, but you went more, uh, uh, yeah. you know, that was you know Roma option. angle. Mm-hmm. I almost said the G word. Yeah, I know. And those are the types of names you could get if you join the Patreon at $8. And uh, if you decide you just want to join at $5, well, you're going to be getting a bunch of bonus episodes, broadcasts, me, Vince, a guest talking about other things. Uh, so again, that's patreon.com slash broadcast broadcast at gmail.com uh, for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is a Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, Abedna man. The Wire 406 Baltimore Suck my dick, Royce and Tony, Terry, got them titties, but Carcady wants to not get his dick when pregnant. The Wire 406. Uh, Wait, there was ending boobies? What ending boobies? No, don't worry about ending boobies. It's, I just what I name the clips doesn't matter to you. Oh well, you write boobies. You're gonna distract. I me. know, I know. I knew it as I was writing, and I was like, Vince is gonna bring it up. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.